0: All right, Erev Tov, welcome to another installment in the series here on the Midah Sayom. and And tonight we're looking at the Midah of Hod Shibitiferis, glory, splendor within beauty. So we've already commented in the past that there is a connection between the two. Often we find both Hod and Tiferis as being descriptives of the same things. They're both indications of beauty in some capacity. What we saw in the last time we saw an iteration of Hod were the Malvim's comments, which comes out a couple of times throughout his extensive commentaries on Nach, and where the Malvim says that Hod is an inyan Knimi adavar, that hode is a, is an inner phenomena, it's something which relates to the essence of a thing, and has to do with something that is a internal value, something which is Specifically internalized, not something which necessarily manifests in action, um, but lives on the inside. And he actually contrasts this in an interesting comment over here. Uh, the Pazik uh, talks about Hod Bahadur Tiferes, Lubmikdasho, where he says that Tiferes, on the contrast, is an inyan chitsoni, is an externally expressed thing we talk about to be mispa'er in the eyes of other people to be beautified is specifically in the public sphere interestingly enough so we're dealing with something which is hod shibditiferes it's the inner glory splendor of a person something which relates to who they are as a as a factor of one's overall beauty harmony synthesis within themselves what would that mean so what I wanted to look at with you uh, tonight is, is an, how to understand this concept. And I think that, that there's an incredible piece in a collection of writings by the contemporary poet David White. He has a book called Consolations, it's a very beautiful book, a lot of powerful ideas over there. He's a poet slash philosopher, he's also a life coach and he does a lot of coaching for large corporations actually. Um, Interesting profession, worth checking out. He's got a couple of videos. You can check out his approach, bringing the art of poetry back into the workplace. So, interesting approach that's out there. Anyway, so so he published this book called Consolations, and he has a little piece in there about courage. And he writes as follows. It's a longer piece, but this is one paragraph from the chapter. He says, Courage is the measure of our heartfelt participation with life with another, with a community, a work, a future. To be courageous is not necessarily to go anywhere or do anything except to make conscious those things we already feel deeply and then to live through the unending vulnerabilities of those consequences. To be courageous is to seat our feelings deeply in the body and in the world, to live up to and into the necessities of relationships that often already exist with things we find we already care deeply about, a person, a future, a possibility in society, or with an unknown that begs us on and has always begged us on. To be courageous is to stay close to the way we are made. And of course, he's a poet, so it sounds really pretty in the words. But beyond just the poetic flow of how it's delivered over here, I think he's talking about how there's an aspect of beauty which is self-expressive. It's that it's identifying that there's a part within me which already expresses the values that I wish to have my life coalesce around, that the harmony that I'd like my life to express is already a truth within myself. It's not that I found some external ideal that i would like to mirror my life off of but on the contrary the synthesis the harmony already lives as an eternal truth and a value at my essence and it's for that reason that i have this draw towards that capacity for t to to express in my life in other words it's not that that it's a an ad hoc reading into my life to say, okay, here's a pattern that I like and I'd like to impose it onto the details of my life to try to pull these pieces of who I am together and kind of make this like patchwork representation of who I am. Hojibati Ferris means that the beauty is expressive of an underlying value within myself. To be courageous is to stay close to the way we are made. It's the sense that I, that, as he's describing, is to not go anywhere or do anything except to make conscious those things we already feel deeply. Be aware of the fact that you already have this feeling within yourself, this connection within yourself. And I found that to be a very powerful you know, idea over there. Okay, So just to restate that, I think that the ho is is to realize that beauty, harmony, is not an ad hoc assembly. Of various components to create a harmony or a synthesis within oneself, but it's a recognition of an underlying value within yourself around which those details coalesce. Okay, so it's the it's recognizing that there is a hod, a inyan panimi be'atzmut of yourself, a you know a core concept uh, within yourself which is a truth, which is an eternal truth. And it's around those things that beauty finds itself. So you know, of course we're gonna to look to Riv Cook uh, you know to, to kind of flesh out this idea a little bit. Riv Cook writes a beautiful thing in, in his journals where he talks about uh, people who have this kind of calling to something deeper, to something more, who have difficulty throwing themselves into the study of nuance and detail, who have a difficulty with regimented schedules. And he says as follows. He says, Great people, in truth, They find within themselves an, an inner aversion towards being taught, towards being put through a system of education. Everything is already alive within them. It's it's outpouring from their own depths. They're they're kind of set on their imperative. They're imperatively bound to be constantly deepening within their own souls. The concept of being taught or learning something from the outside is an assistive property in their lives. So he's saying great people. Are people who who are in touch with the fact that all the truths that they that they will learn live and and it already exist within themselves, and that the study that they'll be doing is only as kind of a means to help them discover that which already lives within themselves. As I quoted to you yesterday, the Rev. Cook writes also in many places how all of Torah is ultimately teaching yourself what you your neshama already knows. And he says, you know, it doesn't really seem that way, but, but ultimately, in a deep way, it is. And so he continues over here, he says, With such people, when you're dealing with such great people, he says, the main thing for them, as far as achieving their own Shleimus, is studying their own Torah, what he calls the Torah of themselves, the Torah that is themselves. As the Pasik says, he quotes As David Hamelech opens up to Hillam in an interpretive explanation of these words of David Hamelech, as the Gemara does, you know, seem to say that at first the Torah is Hashem's, you know, the Torah that the Torah ultimately becomes your own. And he's saying that great people—that's what Torah actually is—a study of themselves, because a person's own selfhood is. In, very, in many ways, the closest contact that we have with Hashem. And so Rav Cook says that it's what happens often is, is a tremendous tra- tragedy where people don't recognize that within themselves. And as a result, they turn to external data to learn more about themselves, thinking that that's going to give them the solution that they're looking for. So he says, Sometimes a person doesn't recognize their own self-value. The value the ho that lives within them delay and he turns to study the Torah of others not his own Torah not the Torah that lives within Leo and he just wants to be taught just someone tell me what to do already just like, enough with the self-discovery enough with the figuring out my own path let me just someone tell me how I'm supposed to proceed just teach me some uh, pre you know kind of pre-programmed truth, or some, you know, pre-digested logic that I can just say, okay, this is how it works? Okay, great, fantastic. I don't have to think for myself anymore. And az akati l'achshich et olamam Unfortunately, that's the beginning of their descent into darkness and the darkening of the entire world, um, of the weakening of such great people. So I think that this is very related to this midah. Because the, if Hojbati Ferris is recognizing that the beauty that you seek is the beauty that already lives within, then for a person to recognize that if they are on a quest, if they are searching to find that harmony, the harmony needs to be found within. And it's something that, as a person goes through and finds pieces, as the Rev Cook mentioned, finds aspects within the world that kind of contribute. To that inner hod that they know of themselves, they immediately find enlightenment through those aspects that they bring in, because it's directly speaking to the hoed that they know within them their own self. And I think that you know this might be a little bit of a, of a read in, but uh, there's just a beautiful gemara in the Talmud Yerushalmi. But I think uh, it's connected to an extent over here, where it, it tells the story uh, between the you know different rabbinim. It says that Rabbi who went to Tiberia. And the students of Rabbi Yochanan saw Rabbi Avahu and saw that his face was shining. He was glowing with, you know, this incredible radiance. So they went to Rabbi Yochanan and they said, I, Rabbi, Yochanan, Rabbi Avahu must have found a treasure or something. Like, this guy is beaming. So he said to them, he didn't find a treasure. I bet he just learned a new piece of Torah. He Just <laughs> a new Chiddush. So they went to him and they said, you know, have you learned anything new recently? And he said, yes, I just discovered uh, an old Tosefta. An ancient Tosefta that I had never discovered before. Tosefta atikta that he had found. And they said that they applied the Pasik to Rabbi that It says, Chachmas Adam tatir panav. The wisdom of a person lights up his face. And the idea over there is like, you know, how, how enamored are you by this ancient Tosefta? But it's that, you know, if you've ever had this experience where, you're like, you know that there's a medrash out there somewhere. That speaks to the point that you are looking for. If you've ever had that experience, when you discover that, you know that aspect, that teaching in Chazal, it's like you already knew it all along. It was already there within you. You knew that hod. The beauty that you were seeking was always there. This was just a portal to allow expression to kind of bring coalesce the hod that you already had. And so, what they saw in Rabbi Yavahu is his hoed coming to the surface and expressing itself within Tiferis, the hod shebet And so that's why we also find uh, on, kind of a, on another aspect of, of hod shebet is recognizing that the beauty and harmony, as we've seen, that it's not just Tiferis le'osea, but Tiferis lo min ha'adam, needs to come not from a desire to kind of piece together things which are external from yourself, but any desire for harmony or for synthesis should come from an innate sense of value within yourself, not from something that you kind of need to read into the situation. And um, a, a place where I think that this comes expressed in Torah is there's a chapter in the writings of Rav Shlomo Volba in, in his ale Shor in the second volume where he has a, a chapter, the fourth chapter is called Frumkite, where he gives his, his analysis of the Sociological phenomena called Frumkeit. It's a shtickle, a scathing review. You know, you could read that on your own time. The piece that I feel is pertinent to this Mida is he quotes over a teaching from R Finkel, the the altar of Slobodka, famous Drasha, but this is a source for it, a reliable source. Where he says, Vahavta Lareacha Kamocha, right? So the Torah says you have to love your friend as yourself. So what does that mean? So he says you have to love your your friend the same way that you love yourself. So what does that mean? So there's a variety of different aspects to it. But Rashi of Alba says, quoting the altar, he says, "Did someone tell you that you have to love yourself? Was that something that that you had to be taught, or is that something?" that is an innate part of who you are. You value your own existence. You value your identity. Now, again, it's not to say that we, that we treat ourselves the way that we should be treated or that we actually express that love, but it's not something that's outside of yourself. No one had to command yourself to take care of yourself. It's, it's a pretty innate aspect of who we are. So he says, Just as yourself, you don't love yourself for the sake of the mitzvah, it's a simple, direct, clear love that you have. So too is the way in which a person has to love their friend. It's not a, an external and mechanical attempt to create bondage between two people which are essentially different, but it's recognizing that you actually are connected on a fundamental level with your friend. As we say, all of Kleistro really are connected in a deep way. And he just goes on to comment, and he says his language is that, that this notion is the exact opposite of Frumkite. And he continues his re- review with that. And we're not going to focus on that aspect of it tonight. But uh, just for kind of re- realizing what's going on over here, I think that it's important to realize that, that the whole tells you don't connect with another because someone else told you so connect with another member of Yisrael because you're connected at the core. Tzadok actually brings this in in his writings on Purim when he talks about Chavanish Levesume the Puya Adlo yada, where he brings that the one of the achievements of, of drinking to the extent of Adlo yada is to discover that it doesn't take dot to connect to another member of Yisrael. that even without your das, even without your you know intellectualizing, about your connection with every single person at the table around you, you find yourself innately connected at the core. You find yourself with a hiskashros to the Yichud of Klal Yisrael and to a Kodesh Baruch That even beyond a, you know, what you've convinced yourself and what you've been taught about that relationship, that relationship is alive and well at the core of who you are. And that the, ultimately a person can come out of a Purim with that level of recognition and allow the Tiferet, the harmonizing of the different aspects of their life, to coalesce around that component of Hod. So I'll just close with uh, one piece from the the Svas Emes writes the Ger-Rebbe, in his uh, description of Yaakov Avinu, in Parshas Vayishlach. So it's uh, just a beautiful piece that uh, I think is matim to this whole Midah, because the Midah of Yaakov Avinu is the Midah of Tiferet. And so this aspect we would expect to be expressed in the life of Yaakov. The Svasemes writes that if you, in the, in the Pesach, it says that Vayomer Yaakov Elokei Avi, so, so HaShem st- comes, or rather Yaakov um, says to HaShem, he just starts talking to HaShem. We don't find the language of Vaispalel Yaakov El HaShem or Vayetar Yaakov El HaShem or Vayitchanen Yaakov El HaShem. It doesn't say a lashon of Tfila. There's, it's just all of a sudden Yaakov's talking to Hashem. Like, you're where Yaakov, well, okay, be, and he just starts talking to Hashem. So he says, Sh- the reason why it's not written in the language of Tefillah is <speaking in Hebrew> Yaakov didn't need to change himself. He didn't need to redirect, reorient himself in order to be davening. <speaking in Hebrew> he was constantly oriented in his life in the direction of Avodah <speaking> Shevaleif. In, <Hebrew> in other words, the Hode that he recognized within himself was, in, was immensely clear and it was imminent within his experience of life, such as with, that when he was in a conversation with somebody else and he was ready to daven, he simply began davening. He was already in that space. And so he goes on to explain that that's why he was the one who, was, who established Tvilas Marev, Tvilas Arvis. Because he says, that whereas Shacharis and mincha are set times, designated times in the calendar, in the daily schedule, where a person needs to prepare themselves for it, tefillahs mariv is ain't la keva, it's totally unset, it's aloof. And the only way that a person can daven mariv, therefore, his kind of Hasidic interpretation of it is, he says, Ein kol adam yachol la rak reshus mishahu ben chorin k'yakov He says, not everybody can daven mariv. You have to be free enough, like Yaakov Avinu, to be able to David Marv. because Marev is an is an unset tefillah. It's a tefillah that you need to be immediately available for. That because it's a time, it's a tefillah which has no set time. It's a tefillah in which the entire era, the entire night, is set for tefillahs Marev. And so of course, you know, you do it for ten minutes and you get it out of the way. That's you know most of our attitude towards Marv. But the way that Yaakov David Marev Was that he was constantly oriented towards Tvila. And so he didn't need to kind of dig up, okay, here I am, I'm standing in front of Hashem, I'm the Ne'ashkina, this is Hashem, he loves me, he cares about me, this is the creator of the universe, wow, okay, Avr, it's like. He was there, he lived in that space. The Hod that he had within himself was imminently part of his own Tiferes. And so therefore, he was constantly able to be involved in Tvila's Marath. And so then that maybe that's a takeaway, you know, that we we should realize within ourselves that we don't have to convince ourselves that the mitzvahs that we're doing and the you know the relationships that we're building are a good thing. We don't have to like remind ourselves. Heinim and lakaya l'kaya mitzvah, say, shall fill in the blank. We can already realize that we live there, that it's already true within ourselves. Sure, sometimes we got to use the words, kind of wake it up, conjure it up within our minds. But don't fool yourself for a moment to think that it's not already there. Ho Shabbat Tiferis tells us that the, the splendor within beauty is that it already is true about you, that the place that you're looking to find within yourself is already there. The beauty has a place around which to coalesce, and that if we kind of recognize that, we see that it's that it's part of who we are, we can mir to first of all, daven in a completely different way. Uh, but, possibly more important, we can find the ability within ourselves for Torah to truly be ours, to make Torah, and to realize that Adam but that ultimately everything can be part of what your heart desires. If you recognize that all of Torah is speaking towards your own hod, the hod of your own beauty, then a person can open themselves to the broadest possible gamut, of understanding the Tiferis of the world and understanding and connecting with the Tiferis of Torah um, in a profound way that doesn't only speak to the externals, but that caters directly to the truth that you find within yourself. So these are some thoughts for Hoch Tiferis. Thank you again for joining, sharing a few minutes with me as we explore the Midos. And take care, all the best.